All right. Everybody's talking about you should get Ted Nugent on the show. Well, I'm I'm working on that. I was just sending an email to his to to his to to the booker to the to the lady that makes that happen. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll see. I got a reply to it from her. That's sort of new. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 989 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Texting live. Texting live, streaming live on the on the WORD Facebook page, and uh, the podcast is available via the free Odyssey app and anywhere you can get your fine podcasts. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, I will be at Upstate Warrior Solutions, and uh, if you are a member of the American Legion in Greenville, and I spoke to you the other day, you should come. If you are one of those guys that was at the American Legion uh, meetup in Liberty that I went to, you should come. If you are a first responder, if you're a law enforcement, if you're state, federal, local, whatever, you should come. If you are in the coroner's office, if you work for the dog catcher, animal control, whatever you want to call it, you should come. And if you're a veteran, you should you should come. You should come to this and... There's going to be free lunch for you, provided graciously by Ingalls Markets. Last time, last time we had a lunch there, it got torn up. I mean, it was just ripped asunder. Looked like I had a whole shift of the Greenville PD there. I had a fair representation from Greenville County. The sheriff and the chief were there. It was it was a splendid time. Splendid, but that's next Wednesday. Project. Veritas. Whenever I think of Project Veritas, I think of uh, James O'Keefe. He was the face of the company. He's the one that started it. He started it with a female. I think her name, what, what is her name? Hannah, Hannah Giles. They went into Project Acorn and pretended like he was a pimp and Hannah Giles was posing as a prostitute. And they went in there and they basically took down Acorn. They lost their government contracts and they shut down within a year. Then something happened this year, February. They put O'Keefe on paid leave and removed him from any decision for Veritas. They claimed a breach of fiduciary duty. I don't know what that means in terms of the details, right? You know, there's, there's duties that you have to do that are fiduciary. But then they lost the investors who funded the company because they are a 501c organization. And O'Keefe, well, he left the company and seven months after pushing out of the face of, as the face of the company, Project Veritas has ceased operations. And he's gone out there and started O'Keefe Media Group, which is OMG, so... And some of the Veritas investors and some of his key Veritas personnel moved to the new company. Here's the thing that you guys should learn. Whenever you get out there and you have somebody that creates something and you come on board to ostensibly run it. Um, I've had, I've had, uh, so with Gun Owners News Hour, I've, I've been in talks before about selling it, right? But. I'm the show on Gun Owners News Hour. That's that's the deal. That's whatever success it enjoys is because of whatever I'm doing. So when you get out there and you try to replace the brand, the central hub of the brand, uh, you're going to have trouble. 
In August of 2023, Hannah Giles replaced O'Keefe. And she then spent her first three days at Veritas trashing O'Keefe. And she called, you know, uh, James O'Keefe called her a national treasure in his book, Breakthrough. Then she began to fight, she began to purge that were, you know, people that were loyal to the previous CEO. She talked about all the things that he had done to her, them, in the 10 to 12 years ago. She was on a revenge agenda. Then in August of 2023, there was a mass firing of Veritas employees. All coming from Twitter, all of the production, all of field ops, all of comms, all of legal. Only remaining are office admin, HR person, a couple development people, and IT. They went from 65 people to 18. Two days ago, they went from 18 to zero. According to a letter titled Reduction in Force, it was sent to Project Veritas staffers by HR Director Jennifer Kayak. And uh, on Wednesday, the organization is putting all operations on pause amidst severe financial woes. She wrote, in the interest of preserving the possible future existence of Pro Project Veritas, we need to put operations on pause and as communicated since the spring, another reduction in force is necessary. Nobody pauses their operations. Nobody pauses their operations ever. If they pause, they're done. You're done. So Project Veritas is as dead as General Francisco Franco. And this was caused when O'Keefe was forced out of Project Veritas in February. They had in their bank accounts. And James had access to none of it. That was not his money. Six months later, it's apparently all gone. And instead of the nameless sources blaming James for spending that money and bankrupting Veritas, their CEO and board of directors could tell everybody how they blew through all of that. Now there's a lesson here. There's a lesson to be learned. See, Ver Project Veritas to me was sort it sort of came of age at about the same time uh, we started seeing things like uh, Tea Party. Now the Tea Party was an ideal and it was the people within the Tea Party that made the ideal work. And then two things happened to the Tea Party that I'm aware of. And any of you Tea Partiers that are out there, if you want to chime in or give me a call or something, tell me I'm wrong, that's fine. That's fine. Tea Party won. They became very aware of themselves, like Skynet. So since they were so important, surely to God, they should know other things and be doing other things and E-I-E-I-O. And... Uh, Well, they began to fraction. They began to splinter. There would be, you know, and a good a good example is the Myrtle Beach Tea Party. That was in in 2010. That was a force to be reckoned with. Huge. They were huge. After the election, they went from one big organization to ten little ones. And some of the people involved with that, they were so important, they were walking around saying, I got Nikki Haley elected. I made this happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was fun. And 
Sometimes you got to remember who and what you are. And there's no way to determine right now in the fair toss thing is who, who, who is correct. The O'Keefe side or the people who side with the board that forced him out. But this was, this was the establishment of a new kind of citizen journalism. And we're diminished by not having it in that form. We're diminished by not having that. Grassroots is always the best way to go. Grassroots is always the best way to go. I know a guy that was involved in that Colorado recall in 2013. He's one of those guys that specializes in grassroots. And he would tell you, his name is Tim Knight. He's a former NRA board member. He would tell you that the hardest part about grassroots is to keep the coalition together after you execute the mission, to keep them on point. Because it is very intoxicating to get involved in politics and then to be successful in politics. That's so, it's, 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 like, a, it's like a drug. It's like an addictive drug that the first time you take the first shot, the first fix, you are addicted. And I get it. I understand it. I understand it. There, I only know of a handful of people that can handle that. That can handle that kind of success. Uh, in government right now, if you want to see a, a, in my opinion, of who is a really good example of still being what he was the day he got elected, that would be Curtis Loftus, the state treasurer. He's still the same guy. Still the same guy. Still doing the same job. Ha very happy with it. And he didn't lose sight of what was going on. New York City, uh, they love them some gun control, but it doesn't stop anything there. And in fact, it's making things worse. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Just getting the buttons pushed. Just getting the buttons pushed. You know what? If we keep on trying the same thing over and over again, sooner or later, it's got to have a different result, right? It's got to. It's just the way it is. Oh, wait a minute. And am I insane? Maybe. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. New York City's long-loved gun control. Sullivan Act was passed as a way to keep other rival gang members from having guns. That's why it all started. They're home to some of the most extensive local gun regulations in the nation. Laws on the books for over a century. They don't respect the right of a law-abiding citizen. If they had their way, no one could lawfully get a gun for any reason ever. When the actual, here, here's the thing. If you can't trust an adult on the street with a gun, they shouldn't be allowed out without a custodian. Yeah. Now, they've been slapped around by the Supreme Court here recently, and they know they can no longer do this, although they're doing their very level best. Uh, they've had, there's been a series of laws that have passed across the country that have been referred to as the Bruin Response Laws. And they had their own because they, they were actually the target of the Bruin uh, ruling. Now, the, the laws already on the books don't accomplish very much of anything. 
Recently, the NYPD arrested five people when they uh, uncovered large amounts of drugs laced with fentanyl inside a Queens home where a 10-year-old boy was living. They found four loaded guns, including a high-capacity rifle, which read that to mean a standard-capacity rifle, ammunition, and several kilo presses during the raid. So four kilos of cocaine and heroin and fentanyl. But those, you know, the handguns I had, see, here's, nobody makes a handgun unless it is a single-stack semi-automatic that is held at 10 rounds. The gun that they issue, the standard issue of the NYPD, has more than 10 rounds. That's because that's the way they're designed. All of the 9mm pistols you see out today, these are a result of the Wonder 9 revolution of the 80s. When everybody, when, when the military was getting ready to switch over to the Beretta in that trial, everybody came out with a double-stack 9mm. Because they knew that if they didn't sell it to the military that you guys would buy it, which is, the, this is why all of this research and development happens. Well, the, the handguns they confiscated in New York, guess what? They had more than 10 rounds in a state with a magazine capacity limit. They, you know, So the, the, the rule didn't stop them. The high-capacity rifle that they mentioned, it looks like a short-barreled AK. And uh, see, I have, a, I, have a, I have an SBR in here, and I also have the requisite NFA license that goes with it. So they probably had not only a gun that was banned, just, you know, the uh, uh, assault weapon ban, but also uh, one that violated the NFA. And they also prohibit SBRs for the average citizen in New York. So that's another violation. So just that one gun, that one rifle was three violations. They require a permit to purchase for both handguns and semi-automatic rifles. And I'm pretty sure the bad guys didn't have one of those on them. You have to have a permit to even own a handgun in the state, which I doubt they had. And I haven't even gotten to the drugs yet. So across the board, these people, these criminals, were doing pretty much whatever they wanted. None of the weapons were legally there, and a few couldn't be legally obtained in New York. So hence, gun control is a failed policy position. It doesn't stop criminals. It only stops the law-abiding who have to defend themselves from the criminals that don't care. And this isn't unique. This is why all of this, this uptick in violence is happening in these areas. Because the criminals don't care and the law-abiding abide by the law. Do you remember me? Uh, well, if you were listening to the opening of the show, I said they can only take the rights that we give them. All over the nation, you got drug dealers sitting there with numerous firearms that are illegal in some way, shape, or form, even in the most gun control states of the nation. And gun control regulations do nothing to stop them and are never going to. They're never going to stop them. In Chicago, right now, the big thing is the Glock switch. It's a little thing that you, uh, you knock the back plate off and you stick this on there, and now the, the, the Glock is a uh, fully automatic weapon. And since they make a 33-round magazine that uh, I and my sons refer to uh, sort of mischievously as the happy stick, uh, you can have some capacity as well. Now, trying to hold on to a handgun that's made out of polymer while it's running 33 rounds through it that fast sort of means you're not exactly, you're not exactly accurate with that. But 
it's a very dangerous thing to be on the other side of that, on the other end of that one. The other day in Chicago, they caught nine guys with these things on their guns. Nine. They confiscated the guns and charged nobody. They didn't charge anybody. I, I, I fully, you know, the other thing, there's a lot of common denominators in these areas where the violence uptick is going on. You got a bunch of prosecutors in place in most cases where they have basically decriminalized crime. Uh, they've, they've got bail reform. So, you know, you get arrested, you go in, you you, you know, you say, yeah, sure. I'll be there. And then you walk out the door. Dude's still filling out the paperwork of your arrest when you're back out on the street. Um, regular people can't own a weapon. If you defend yourself in any way, you're probably going to get in trouble anyway. If you defend yourself with a broom handle or, you know, hand to hand or whatever, you're probably going to get in trouble for that. A lot of common denominators. And of course, they're also sanctuary cities. So you have a lot of not, listen, I'm not going to get out there and paint with this broad stroke and say all of these Ill illegal immigrants are criminals. They're criminals just for being here, but I'm not talking about being a violent criminal. Not going to say that, but some of them are. They certainly are. These All these military-aged young men. I mean, where's the ladies at? How come they didn't come too? Gun control is... Uh, gun control is a, is, a, is a behavioral experiment. Sort of like COVID. And you've got a lot of people that fully buy into this, just like they do COVID and climate change and all these other little things. And if you look at the template, they over you can you can see the same thing happening in COVID and climate change that you see in gun control. They'll tell you that if guns are present, like Lujan Grisham, she was out there in New Mexico saying, nobody needs to be walking out to, uh, nobody needs to be getting out there and having a gun on their hip. Yes, I am going to the bourbon and bacon fest. They're a FedEx guy. Um. Nobody needs to be walking out there with a gun on their hip. Well, she's talking about somebody who has the permit who's not going to commit the crime because gun carriers in the United States are the most law-abiding people in the United States, which sort of makes me think we should also make that compulsory, like Kennesaw, Georgia did. <laughs> oh, goodness. The other day, Gavin Newsom was, uh, he was talking out loud when he was thinking about something. He's in a panic right now, and it's hilarious what he's in a panic about. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and available as a podcast on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. The Democrats and the leftist media, which are the same thing, are always complaining about misinformation even though they're the ones most of the time disseminating it. I think for them, 
misinformation or disinformation equates to anything that they don't agree with or don't like. And so this means they would be all in on efforts to suppress it. So Bloomberg had an article in September where they were asking California Governor Gavin Brill-Cream Newsom about his concerns about the positives and the negatives of AI. And he spoke about how he had made use of it in his job, that the speechwriters had utilized AI. And, uh, and you wonder why what he's had to say has come across as bizarre and confused. But the funniest part came when he described the concerns about the dangers of misinformation. He is worried about misinformation micro-cults online because his son is asking him about Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan. So on the, I guess on the app formerly known as Twitter, he said, I had a very serious conversation with my oldest daughter about the chatbots on Snap. I really worry about the misinformation, disinformation about what's happening with our country. But I really worry about these micro-cults that my kids are in. I say micro-cults because I don't know if there's a better way to describe it. My son is asking me about Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson, and then immediately he's talking about Joe Rogan. And I'm like, here it is, the pathway. How funny is this? He's not, well, okay. He's not worried about his kids doing anything bad, really. He's worried because they're listening to Joe Rogan, who might question the narrative or who are not fully within the Democratic camp. And Joe Rogan might be the pathway or the gateway. And that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. What is it the gateway to? Independent thought? Truth? just like Marlon Brando in uh, Apocalypse Now when he's been chopped up and he's going, the horror, the horror. We can't have it. Can't have it. But that's the underlying point of what he's saying. People like Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan are dangerous and should not be listened to, which is typical. The left wants to suppress free speech. These aren't micro-cults, you brill-creamed, addled idiot. Makes me wonder. First of all, you, you understand that Gavin Newsom's hair could never look like it does if we do away with fossil fuel. Because I think Brill Cream has a lot of petrochemicals in it. But I digress. If you want to look for a micro-cult, you might want to look at the Democrats who pushed the Russia collusion and the kinds of other falsehoods on networks like CNN and MSNBC. Now, Joe Rogan has not been shy about criticizing Newsom, calling him a con man and criticizing his mandates about and how he's hurt California. Just a stone-cold, narrative-driven politician. Now, this is not necessarily bad news. In a sort of way, it's sort of good news. It shows that even in a house that had to be full of Democratic propaganda, a little light might still shine through. And then there's hope for the kids coming up in the future because of independent media. Even under the trying circumstance of living with Gavin Newsom, a little light can shine in. 
On Twitter, we have from late time Casey. My son is looking for a male role model, so let's end free speech completely in my state. Free thinking is what, this is what makes America great. I've had many discussions about, uh, especially about veterans who get out there and where, where, you know, I've been told many times that without the structure of the higher ups, that we would be just sitting there looking around, wondering what to do, except that's not exactly the way that would work because most of the veterans I know have been in leadership positions. Right. If you stay in long enough and if you do a good job, uh, you will ascend to leadership positions, to non-commissioned officers, warrant officers, officers. And then once you become an officer, then you're in a supervisory position. So, no, nobody would be sitting around, looking around and going, what are my orders? We'd figure it out. In a lot of ways, it would be one of those freeing moments. And that's the problem with free, critical thinking for the left we can apply free critical thinking to anything they come up to anything they come up with and we can sit back and we can figure out what's going on item number one and figure out how to get around it item number two and then if we figure out well there's no getting around it we can't do it the easy way then we're just going to say so we'll do it the hard way we'll do it the hard way so that's what he's complaining about. His, his kids are sitting there and they're hearing free thinkers getting out there and saying what they want to say and saying what they believe versus a narrative. The narrative is very important. They've been working the narrative for years and years. It's not a new thing. It all began with it. The, the whole idea of the uh, national coordination of talking points. That all began with the journalist. And nobody ever gives it the props it deserves. It was a... In, in terms of putting something together and putting something together cohesive, the left has got their stuff together on that one. They're pretty good at that. Now, that doesn't mean that I agree with anything they do, anything they say. It does mean that I find it interesting that we can't do that. We really need to figure out how to get that together. And, and, and do that because then we're moving the ball at that point. We're moving the ball down the field, which is a football euphemism, I guess. And, you know, I don't watch football, but I'm using it and nobody can stop me. <laughs> so I just find that amusing that here you've got Brill Cream, who's, he, he's, you know, he's making deals with China and he's doing all these other things. And they have their own little, they have cap and trade in California and all this other stuff, basically run by one party being run straight into the ground, straight into the ground, and he's upset because his kids are hearing Joe Rogan. The horror. You know what? Big Tech doesn't have a right to speak to your kids without your consent. Ever thought about it that way? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. One day they're going to wonder why when parents and the legislators try to use the process, the real process to end the big tech experiment 
The judicial system said no. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and podcast is available on the Odyssey app and anywhere where you get your podcasts. The experiment results are in and they are not good. The Surgeon General has declared a national youth mental health crisis as both sexes report unprecedented levels of depression, loneliness, and anxiety, not to mention the large spikes in the rates of self-harm and suicide among teens. And these are the ones that are not transgender. Now, most of this blame is being placed on social media. Parents have learned the hard way that private parental control software and the meager collection of tools that big tech companies toss at parents are not equal to the problem. They cannot even monitor certain apps like TikTok and Snapchat or certain features like direct messaging on Instagram, where minors spend most of their time. At what age do you go and buy your child a smartphone? And if it's about them having a phone, why are we buying them a smartphone and why are we not just buying them, say, a phone that does text and makes phone calls? That's good, right? That's good. Is it Or is it peer pressure? Now, many states, including Arkansas, passed laws requiring social media platforms to get parents' approval before kids enter into contractual account holder relationships. Now, these laws... Uh, which followed uncontroversial legal precedents like requiring parental consent for tattoos or liability waivers restore to parents what the Supreme Court has recognized as fundamental to our democracy, which is the power to control, even online, who educates our children. But rather than reaffirm parents' rights, at least one federal district court seeks to condemn other people's children to social media companies' horrible experiments. That being Judge Timothy Brooks of the Western District of Arkansas. He recently enjoined the Arkansas social media law on First Amendment grounds. Now, I'm all about the Bill of Rights and all these other things, but if we have a Bill of Rights, uh, where do we draw the line as far as saying, okay, now you get to enjoy the Bill of Rights, and now, right now, for you, the Bill of Rights doesn't really matter. His opinion treats social media platforms as unsullied domains of personal growth. He sounds like Zuckerberg as he quotes big tech lobbyists who claim social media enables minors to showcase their creative talents and raise awareness about social causes. That was never on my list of things to do when I was a kid. Was it on your list of things? Did you want to get out there? Did you ever get out there and say, I want to showcase my creative talent, which I just did that. I could tell you some stories about the things I did creatively when I was a kid, but then that would probably get me locked up in a rubber room. And I never worried about raising the awareness about social causes. Ever. And here the judge ignores social media's more salient negative effects. In 2021, a whistleblower released thousands of internal Facebook documents to the Wall Street Journal showing the company knew much of its content was toxic for mental health and female body image. 
preferential to certain causes, designed to attract underage users, and pre-organized by dense algorithms that act invisibly and independently of user and community intention. I'm really glad, you know, I'm really glad as I sit here, I'm glad that there was no social media when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, it was hard enough. I, and listen, don't we, I mean, people my age, 62, you know, and down, you guys that existed without social media, it was still hard to be a kid, wasn't it? It was, it was a trial and error kind of thing. But the, the difference is we emerged without having been raised by social media. And I think that's important. I mean, I get out here and I'm like, you know, I hear about the dating scene where everybody's on Tinder or something. It's just not working out. It just doesn't work out. I mean, I don't ever meet the one or anything. And I'm like, you know, I try to tell a story of how I dated. And, you know, I just get the eye roll and everything. You, you actually talk to them? Yeah, because I didn't have a phone to text them. I know of, I know of couples that only communicate via text. And, you know, the question becomes, how did you guys know that you guys were getting married? How did you propose? Did you propose in a text? Did you send an email? So we need to get back control of this. And I mean that, and listen, for some of us, this is going to mean telling your, your lovely child, no. If they have to have a phone, if you think they have to have a phone, then get them a phone that you know, that you can manage that doesn't take over their life and take them down a path that you did not envision for them. That's it for me. I'm going to be back Monday. Today, it's going to be the Bourbon and Bacon Fest. I'll see you guys there. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.